Join Sports Cages Michael Ball for CAA Travel's Ultimate Sports Trip December 5th to 12th. Leaving from Regina and Saskatoon, this trip includes a seven-night stay in Huntington Beach and tickets to two Anaheim Ducks NHL home games and two NFL games, the Raiders versus the Rams and the Dolphins versus the Chargers, plus a daily breakfast and transportation to and from the games, all for just $24.99 per person. Taxes included based on double occupancy. Drop by or call your local CAA travel agency to book the ultimate sports trip. All right, before we get to the nitty-gritty, two things. The old intro to this show was... And I could never figure it out. Now, I, I know the guy says it smells like nighttime in the morning, which I have no idea what that means. But it sounds like he says... It smells like gray gray cup in the morning. Okay. And then the second thing about this, uh, a thought I had besides sports, because we get a lot of sports talk. Um, When did we decide that plastic was bad for the environment and paper is good? Because remember when we had the paper bags back late 80s, early 90s, Zinger, before you were born? Then we got away from paper bags because uh, paper kills trees and it's bad for the environment and we're killing everything. So now we got to go plastic. Now we're going plastic's gone. And so if I forget my bags in the car, I have to. I got about 18 bags in my car or I get paper bags, which I just throw out. So tell me how that's better. And all my meat and everything is wrapped in plastic. So why isn't it wrapped in paper? Something I couldn't figure out today, Zinger at the grocery store. I know, I know, small minds think of small things. I'm just saying, it's kind of... All those, like, those well, uh, those bags that you can buy, too. Yeah. My apartment is just I know. full of them. Well, look at... They're everywhere. I used to it's say... It's making me ill. Okay, so I grew up in Glencairn, okay? So I joke about how I didn't have a lot. We called it Glencairn Tupperware. It was the old Basel <laughs> margarine containers, right? You'd take your spaghetti to school for lunch and it'd have the orange stain in it, but you'd keep washing it because you couldn't afford Tupperware. We called it Glencairn Tupperware. Seriously, look at this. My red IGA bag is literally going to be my lunch kit now. <laughs> Until I lose it or have to buy four more. I have about 15 of those laying around at my home. I know. How's that better for the environment? How is that? The other thing is uh, this deadly COVID disease, which it has affected a lot of people. um, Do you notice how many masks you see blowing around and people just throw their masks out the window? I had a dude today on the Louvan, two masks come out of his car and whiz right onto my my, uh, windshield. Wow. Masks. You you wore them at some point. Crazy, crazy, crazy world we live in. But one thing we know, we know sports around here. 936-6262, the number to text. Uh, you can text us that number. It's brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln. We're giving away Rams and uh, oh, pick, rider tickets today. It'll pick the score. Okay, we got to figure that one out uh, where I fit that into this very, very busy show. Uh, can you uh, get a hold of Noah Pelche? He's waiting for us right mm-hmm. now. So uh, you're going to call Noah Pelche. Uh, he's got meetings at 4.30, so we'll squeeze him in. Sports stories of the day. Steelers edge rusher T.J. Watt signaled he'll be back on the field sooner rather than later. Uh, he says, I'll be back with his Terminator tweet. Uh, looks like it probably is going to be six weeks for that torn pec muscle, no surgery. Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott could be back in four to six weeks. Cooper Rush is expected to start at quarterback. L.A. Chargers receiver Keenan Allen, who had 61 yards receiving and then left the game with a hamstring injury in their week one win over the Raiders, probably won't play Thursday here against the Chiefs. That's a juicy matchup. Um 
Okay, before we get to Noah Pelche, uh, let's let's take you back to Monday Night Football. The great call by Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, their first game in the Monday Night booth. Here's how it ended. From 64, McManus missed it, and the Seahawks are going to win this game. And Pete Carroll, with Geno Smith at quarterback, is going to start 1-0. Seven out of ten coordinators who get jobs, on average, aren't very good and they get fired, okay? So check this out. Um, In his career, in the fourth quarter, Russell Wilson, in his career, five yards or less, fourth and five or less, is 68.8% successful in converting, Okay. Meantime, the percentage of 64-yard-plus field goal, so 64 or greater, made in the last 30 years on either side of the border in professional football, 6.1%. Yet Nathaniel Hackett decides to go for a 64-yard field goal. Two things. Number one, isn't that why you paid Russell Wilson all that dough so that he could do that? And don't you think he'd be successful? They had no answer for Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy in that game. That would have been an easy conversion. They go down and kick the field goal. The other thing is, Russell Wilson wasn't even pissed off. Yeah, did you see that? Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady wouldn't have left the field. They wouldn't have left. They literally wouldn't have left the field. They would have told their head coach to... They would have told the coach to F off. And Russell Wilson's like, Wait a minute. I guess if you want to try it. 64. Well, whatever. And he wasn't even mad when they missed. Yeah, that was surprising to see. And Pete Carroll needs to be careful. He's... He's running around. I'm yeah. worried about the guy. He's 70 you years old. You have a heart attack or like, break a hand. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Good. We got a great football weekend in Saskatchewan going here. Uh, on Saturday, a 1-4 to four game or thereabouts. 1 o'clock kickoff, 12.45 pregame show. The undefeated Regina Thunder. And the Thunder rolls. Ooh, they'll take thunder. on... They'll yeah they'll take on. Well, I'm going with the country music theme here. Uh, yeah, They're yeah. taking on the uh, the uh, the uh, Saskatoon Hilltops, who they beat last week, 29-21 in overtime. Then we got a concert. Uh, I think it's Roy. I want to say Roy Roy somebody Roy Young. Roy Young, I think. Mm-hmm. Outside, it's Canadian rapper, so, um, uh, record producer. He's gonna have the. Uh, party out there in Confederation Park. Then we've got the wrap-up game. The 2-0 and U of S Huskies coming to town with Mason Nias slinging the rock. A heck, Crichton nominee inside track right now, you'd have to think, against this guy, Noah Pelche and the University of Regina Rams off to a 2-0 start. Hi, Noah. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule before the meeting. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So give us your evaluation of your play so far early on this year. Uh, I thought it's been been pretty good. Obviously, coming out into the Manitoba game, I had I had a pretty good game. I'd say uh, Calgary game, not my best, but we still got it done. Everyone's everyone's been coming together, offense, defense, special teams, and that's really all we need. We're we're working together good as a team, so I think that reflects on our our last two scores in our games. There. What what did what did you like about your game last week? What did you like about your own game personally last week? Uh, I thought they, they kind of came out with a couple things we didn't really expect. Uh, and myself and I'd say our whole offense are really on our toes with everything. Uh, we were able to notice what they were doing pretty early pretty early on and, and kind of adjust to it. Uh, and, yeah, a couple plays went wrong during the game, and I, I felt like I was able to kind of make something out of it most of the time. So I was happy with that. And, yeah, just lots to learn from from last week for sure, but I'm excited to to go out there on Saturday and 
perform again. Okay, so what do you need to do better yourself? Uh, I thought just, there's a couple of my reads here and there that that I kind of second guess. That's one thing. I just need to trust my receivers, trust my reads, trust what the coaches have in. Uh, I think that's going to be going to be the biggest thing. And yeah, just just being smart with the ball. I don't always need to go for the go for the deep shot. I can I can take the the short little check downs and let my receivers running back go to work there. As a team, how excited are you guys to play the champs? These guys are the Hardy Cup champs. They were a whisker away from winning the championship. It looks like they're off to a great start and going to be a juggernaut again, but you get a chance to stand up to them in your own park on a big weekend, football weekend in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. Uh, obviously, it's kind of the game we look look forward to most every year, having our our rivals, uh, especially them them coming here this year, is super exciting. Being able to play in front of our fans, and yeah, like you said, with the the football week in SAS, that's going to be super big. Hopefully, you get lots of lots of fans out to that, and yeah, it's it's going to be a good game. I know they have they have a strong team, and so do we. So I'm excited to see what happens. Chip on the shoulder for the Rams, being ranked sixth. You guys are off to a two and zero start. That that's obviously been talked about in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Obviously, not what not what too many people expected, but it's it's honestly what we expected coming into the season. We knew we had the talent on both sides of the football, so we just had to kind of show it. And we, I guess, we kind of took it personal that they they had us last there. So we're we are out with something to prove, and I think we proved it so far. And we're we're not settling down anytime soon. We still have a lot more to prove this season, so we're, we're still going hard. Of course. Uh- you were ranked sixth in the Can West, but now you're in the top ten. I mean, polls and stats sometimes are for losers. They're great for guys like me. I am a loser to talk about sports and uh, add some hype to the game. For yourself, Noah Pelchier, do you do you do you challenge yourself inside the game? By that, here's what I mean: across the field from you is a Regina kid that's paid his dues, that probably should have been the Can West MVP last year, and right now is off to a Heck Crichton Trophy winning performance. Performance in Mason Nias. If he's over there slinging the rock and he's talked highly about you, he's met you a couple of times at a camp and things like that. Uh, when you see him with those totals and he comes in and say he throws a touchdown pass now, Noah Pelshi's got to get on the field and match him throw for throw. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely a great quarterback and he's off to a super hot start. But I I never really say it like to kind of go against my opponent, even when I'm battling for a quarterback position on my own team. It's it's always just doing the best I can do, kind of focusing on myself. If if they go out and make a big play, I'm not going out there first play trying to kind of come back to that. I know gradually we'll have to work to it. So, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't ever say I'm really trying to outshine the other quarterback. That's not really how I've ever been, but just kind of being, being the best I can be for my team and, and getting what I need to do done. You know, you were question mark coming in. Oh, Donnelly's out. What's going to happen? That was probably some of the whole coaches poll. Uh, but uh, you, you have that quiet confidence, right? I'd say so. Yeah, and yeah, just trusting, trusting the process, trusting my receivers, kind of thing. That that's been a huge thing. My old line, my my running backs. It's we're we're strong all around. So I guess I can understand how there might have been a little bit of doubt. Obviously, I I haven't been in a game in so long before that that Manitoba game, but I feel like everyone around me has really made me better, and 
I've been able to kind of play my game, so it's been it's been good so far, and I'm excited for the rest of the season. What's the thought in the locker room losing a guy like Kyle Borsa with that torn knee, torn ACL, a guy that just he just can't catch a break, and just your thoughts on a, on a veteran like that? Is there kind of one of those let's do this thing for Kyle type of thing in the locker room? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely hard to see that happen, especially with Kyle. He's such a good guy, obviously such a good football player, but he's a good guy around the locker room and just a good guy to have as a friend. So it's hard to hard to see him go down, but it's one of those things that you can't really sit and, and dwell on. He's pretty much got over it, and he's with the team doing as much as he can, uh, helping out the other running backs, doing everything he can. So we just kind of got to gotta move on from it. Obviously, we keep it in the back of our minds. So we have another reason to, another person to do it for, I guess, kind of thing, like you said. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been great about it, still sticking around with practices and meetings and everything. Uh, and yeah, like you said, we're, we're definitely playing for him. That's on the back of our minds. But we're to move on to the next guy. It's, that's just how football kind of works, and we're excited to go from there. Lastly, I'll let you go on this question. We talked about an offensive guy, but on defense. So football is pretty uh, pretty simple in this sense. You're, you got to have a good quarterback, you got to protect him, and you have to make the other guy's quarterback uncomfortable. Uh, Andrew Bennett does that, man. That dude, again, defensive player of the week. This time he had a pick six in his fourth sack. Yeah, he, he's really been killing it, and that's an understatement, obviously. Uh, he's definitely someone a, a quarterback loves to have on the, the other side of the ball and on the same team, obviously. Um yeah, he's just been been making plays like crazy, and I know he's he's not going to stop. He's he's been working super hard in the off season and continues to work hard. Um, obviously, he's happy he's getting this recognition, being the defensive player of the week. But he he doesn't want to stop there. He's going for three, four, whatever whatever it might be. And yeah, I know around him he has he has great players. Obviously, we have some great D line and great linebackers, great DB. So we're going to get it done. He's going to help us, and we're going to help him. Thanks for your time, man. Good luck in the meeting room, and can't wait to see you on Saturday. It's going to be a great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's Noah Pelche, quarterback of your Rams. 2-0 against the 2-0 U of S Huskies. What a game that is, man. You got the young gunslinger against the old gunslinger. You got Riker Frank coming in here, running back for the U of S Huskies, the boldest golden son, their coach, of course, Hall of Famer, former uh LeBoldis Golden Sun Regina kid on on the Ram side. They lost Borsa, but they still got Borsma, who had a great training camp with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Defense, Josh White, Jackson Ford, Andrew Bennett. Ryder Varga. Ryder Varga, the BC line draft pick. Uh, Tanner Schmeckel. Uh, B, uh, the, the Huskies have an unbelievable linebacker core uh, uh, led by Nick Weeb, the former Oregon Duck. They're coached by our friend Paul Waldo. Lots of great storylines in this one. Make sure you get your tickets for all three games. Riders, Elks, Thunder, and the Hilltops, and the Rams, and the Huskies by going to Riderville.com, clicking, and you'll get the bundle pack of three, a special deal there. And we'll have it covered from pillar to post, including a special sports cage that day. We are your official voice of football weekend in Saskatchewan. Make no mistake, we've been the official voice from day one. One, do not accept, accept, expect, accept imposters. This is the Sports Cage, 620 CKRM. 
Housekeeping to take care of here. The show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Football weekend in Saskatchewan, a proud presentation. Major sponsor, Sastel. Thanks to them for getting on board. Of course, a, a Crown Corp getting on board with a Saskatchewan-only event. That is outstanding. Our text line, 936-6262. The fourth texter right now gets a pair of Ram tickets. You can't have one in the last 30 days. So a pair of Ram tickets to the big football weekend in Saskatchewan, 936 62 Let's get to this, Singer. Slider ripped into left field by Bichette. Springer is getting the wave. Peralta's throw is cut, and this game is tied. And in the air to left field, well hit. I love Dan Showman. That's Bo Bichette. He is on fire. Two-run homer in the eighth, and the Jays rallied past Happy yesterday, 3-2. Bichette was named the American League Player of the Week for last week. He batted 511 runs, scored four doubles, one triple, five homers, 13 runs batted in, and a slugging uh, and a, a 1.156 slugging percentage. Jays were 5-2 and two last week. They lost today 4-2 in the first half of the doubleheader to Tampa. Uh, the uh, clutch performance of the day brought to you by Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Let's get the rider talk now. And uh, Taryn Vaughn is out all of this week. His wife's having a kid too, so he's not playing this week. Cody left practice amid cheers because he's having the baby today. Luke is apparently coming with his wife, Laura, so good job there. That'll be the most important delivery that happens in the Fajardo household this week. And I'm just happy it's happening before Friday because we need Cody in there. Uh, Anthony Lanier II still out, I'm assuming, with a concussion. Furlan had his back seized up. He still wasn't at practice. But Dan Clark was at practice. He can practice with the team but not play until, not eligible to play until next week. But he's doing a little more practice. So that's some good news. But I'll tell you what, Logan Bandy's been real good at center since coming in and cutting his teeth on the fly. You know who did well? This dude was sick. Could barely make it onto the field. His first ever pro start. Oh, by the way, kid, it's against either Willie Jefferson or Jackson Jeffcoat. But as you heard the coach say yesterday on the sports cage, Coach Craig Dickinson, he wasn't even sure that Cooper Richardson had given up a pressure. Yeah, it's nothing like I've ever experienced before. You know, I've I for surely have never seen anything like that in my life. I've been around football a long time. I've played a long time, and I've never seen anything like that. I've never experienced that before. Everything from getting an IV 40 minutes before the game to the worst feeling I've ever had. You know, you know. Unfortunately for me, I got it on game day, so I, I was in the middle of the sickness when the game was going on. And crazy way to get your first start. Right? So what was so. the attitude? Everybody's going, how are we going to get through this over the next Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you're trying to survive almost every minute at that point. You know, you're trying to see how you can get better. And, you know, for me, it was personally, it was like, how am I going to start the game? Once I, I knew once I could start the game, I know the power, the mind's a powerful thing, and I was going to be able to get going. But it was how, was, how am I going to get this game going? What's so. that like? you got to face the likes of Jefferson and Jeff. Curry, yep. And you guys are feeling the way you are. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... Once again, talk about a crazy way to get your first start, right? Against those, you know, great DNs, and you, you do have to worry about all the sickness, and your mind's going uh, a lot of different places because you're trying to figure out how not only you're going to block these great DNs, but how you're going to make it through the game, you know? So. In a sense, did it almost take away a little bit of your nerves, though? Yeah, actually, someone brought that up today and asked that same question. I was like, man, I didn't even think about it like that, and probably, you know, probably did just because my mind was 
probably, you know, on the sickness a little bit more than it probably could have, should have been, but, you know, that's how it happened. How do you, you get through that? How do you get through that then? How do you put aside? You want to throw up? You want to... You got both ends working, I guess? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it was... The, the IV was a, a lifesaver for me. It kind of gave me a little bit of sliver of, you know, feeling better. And once I got that sliver, it was like, okay, it's game time. You know, you got to put the helmet on. You got to go. And once again, I knew for myself the, the mind's very powerful. And I knew I, once I got going, I be able to push through it but it was really how am i going to get this game going well i mean you know every game is still going to be difficult but you know definitely not having hopefully not having something like that happen again right is is uh definitely a good feeling right you can actually focus on the game and not have to worry about anything like that yeah you know having big d back out there today was uh, amazing feeling to see him back out there playing and you know he's the leader of the group and you know the energy level is always higher when he's out here you know we always love having him out here and you know we felt for him during the injury time and Excited to see him get going again. Offensive linemen get graded after every game. So do you get graded an F for flu and then another grade for Oh, no, no, no. Thank God we did it, right? But, yeah. There's no sort of grades. No, dude, grade didn't, didn't respect, reflect any <laughs> flu aspect, right? So. Can you evaluate your uh, performance for your first start considering the circumstances? Yeah, you know, I felt like I played really well out there and. You know, I'm excited to build on that every game, and obviously no game's going to be perfect, and I know that. And uh, for what I was able to put out there, I, I felt like it was a great stepping stone to build on to the next level. Back to the IVs, how many players had that? Uh, you know, I can tell you uh, we had five offensive linemen that was sick, and all five of us received it, you know, so. Before the last couple of weeks, what was it like throughout the season waiting for the opportunity that it came this uh, recently? Oh, well, you know, I, I kind of came into this mindset of, you know, I'm going to be ready to go, but I'm going to really look at it as developmental. And, you know, I felt like I was able to do that in the weight room with Coach Clint and on the field. And I felt like I was able to put a lot of time and effort in and be able to learn the scheme without being thrown in there right away. And, you know, I felt like my development came in a long time and I'm happy where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It's everything you want as a kid and more. You know, I, I grew up a, a coach's kid. I've been around the game since I was since I was born really I was a ball boy growing up and to be able to be out here on a professional stage and getting my first start is is really what you, you dream of as a kid what's it like growing up with your dad being a coach I think he's Sacramento State Sacramento State yep it, it's awesome it's it's once again he was my high school head coach um, he was a high school head coach for 13 years I was able to play under him and I had the opportunity to go play for him in college as well and it's as a kid it's everything you dream of uh, I mean I loved playing for my dad he was my role model growing up and be able to play for him was is everything you want. Well, I mean, our, our line always have each other back. You know, that's always been our motto since the beginning. We we look after each other. We always support each other. And you know, as you said, it's next man up. But at the end of the day, we still love each other, and we we're going to support each other till the end. After getting a taste with one game, you're hoping this expands into a multi-week situation where you get the starting job. Yeah, I mean, that, obviously, that's always the hope, right? Is the hope is you lock down the starting position and make it yours. So. You said last week that you would call your mom first once you finally got the start. Did you do that? I did. I did. I called her right away. I called her away, and she uh, she tried making it up to the game, but unfortunately, you know, short week, she wasn't able to make it up. But I think she's going to make it out to a game later in the season. So In that debacle of a loss, that was a great shining light. Cooper Richardson gets on, plays pretty well at right tackle. Our tackle spot has been a problem this year. Keep the text coming, 936-6262. When we come back, we'll head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. When you're ordering Western Pizza, ask for the Rough Rider Sweet Deal from Western Pizza, and you and a friend could be watching a Rider game from a luxury suite. Coming up, great new segment we've started with Jeff Heck, the former CFL safety, two-time Great Cup champ. It's called Hex Heroes and Zeros. It's next in the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
All right, and this show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Wherever you're listening on this Tuesday, thanks for making us part of your day. We started this last week, got some good feedback. It's Hex, Heroes, and Zeros. Former CFL safety, two-time Grey Cup champ, a former Rough Rider, Jeff Heck, gives us his insight from the week before with two heroes and two zeros. It could be two heroic plays, two hero players, and two players or plays or situations that didn't make sense to him and he gives a thumbs down to. All right, Jeff, let's start with hero number one. What do you got? Uh, hero number one, uh, again, I'm not picking on the Rough Rider specifically, but it's Nick Dembski. Um, he missed some time early in the season, <clears throat> came back from injury, and since the bye week, the kid has been dominant, to say the least. In the last three games, he's he's gone 7 for 71 with two touchdowns, 5 for 79 with one touchdown, 8 for 117 and one touchdown. Oh, and by the way, he's rushed the ball eight times for 63 yards. Um, what you don't see, I think, is how difficult it is for – Teams to game plan for a player like Nick Dembski. He can play anywhere on the field. He can, he could. I mean, he could play running back full time if he wanted to. I recently spoke to a defensive coordinator in the CFL who said he is singularly the hardest skill position player to game plan for because uh, Buck Pierce does an amazing job of moving him around and getting him the ball. And he's uh, right now he's absolutely on fire. Yeah, and uh, it's a shame because he was a Saskatchewan Rough Rider draft pick, and I don't think they used him as well as they should have here. Now, grant that he's a Winnipeg kid, and I think he was going home all along. He is the version. Uh, Luke Mulder said it on our broadcast. When he came out, he was kind of like comparing him to Deshaun Jackson, and he kind of reminds me of a Deshaun Jackson type. But here's the thing, Jeff. It's kind of funny. Hey, let's eliminate all Canadians from the game, no ratio. That dude's a Canadian, and, and, and I think the best um, – the best thing we can say is we don't even have to mention his birth certificate. He's that good. Yeah, he's unbelievable. I, I would compare him to a different player, uh, an Andre Dury, if people remember that yep. name in the CFL. He was, he was a player, unfortunately, that had, you know, the sky's the limit physically. and He just couldn't stay healthy and put together the quality career that he deserved. But he's, he's that style of player where, yeah, uh, Dembski is a full-time running back, a full-time slot, a full-time receiver, uh, People don't realize he's a great punt returner as well. They just don't need to use him in that role. But, um, again, uh, the most important letter in the CFL is the, is the C, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Jeff Heck joining us here. Your number one zero to start is what? My number one zero is going to be, uh, well, there, there was many I could choose from in the green and gold, but the defensive line coach, Demetrius Maxey, is going to be the zero this week, unfortunately. Uh, the Labor Day game against Calgary, their first game, it was uh, an eight-point game, so in the season, I mean, it's a one-score one game. It's a close game. They outperformed on the road, kind of everybody's expectations. Um, they held Calgary to 16 rushes for 67 yards and one touchdown. They had a combined three sacks. They played at a high level. They were the difference in that being a one-score game and being a blowout. Fast forward to the rematch. Uh, it's a completely different story. There's a total of five rushing touchdowns. Kadeem Carey goes nine for 118. Peyton Logan goes six for 33. And their third-string quarterback has 10 carries for 29 yards. Four of those are touchdowns. Um, zero combined sacks. So the difference between the first Labor Day game being an eight-point game and the second one being a, uh, as they say, a 50-burger, um, <laughs> to me, is the defensive line. And you always have to – it's the same four – 
five, six guys playing as, as seven days earlier or less than seven days earlier. So you got to look at the defensive line coach and what happened. Did, were they not prepared well? Did they did the schematics for Calgary change? They weren't able to adjust. Was, was the team uh, something was wrong? And somebody has to take the blame, and that's that's who I think is at fault there. Okay, so I want to end on a positive, Jack, uh, Jeff. So I'm going to go with the hero last. So let's go with your second zero, Jeff Hecht. Okay, my second zero is <clears throat> unfortunately everybody that wears the BC Lions logo. <laughs> It's a sad time. People remember in 2011, I remember because it was my first year in the CFL, we played the BC Lions the first regular season game. We played them the last regular season game. They were bad the first. I think they started the season 1-5, and five, but they were an ugly 1-5. They were terrible. They, they had no chance. They did, And then all of a sudden you have this quarterback emerge, Travis Lule, who is throwing the ball into buckets, is running at will, who is so unbelievable that he is captivating the CFL. He is changing everybody's perspective of the BC Lions. He's giving the franchise hope. They hit the ground running. We played them the last regular season game of the season. They beat the brakes off of us. They walked into a great cup title. This year they kind of have uh, the flip side. They start with this young quarterback who can run anytime he wants and throw it wherever he wants. They are lighting the league on fire. The MOP candidate and he gets hurt, and the team has completely collapsed, in my opinion. I've made it known uh, that uh, this is something a lot of these players, coaches, scouts, GMs, presidents, board members, they're going to be thinking about for, the, for some of these players, in my opinion, the rest of their life, the what if, what could have been if, if this kid didn't get hurt. I feel bad for them. Uh, football is a game of injuries. It sucks. It happens. But uh, anybody that's wearing the BC Lions logos knows that their season is over. This kid's going to be, I think, gone from the CFL for a few years. He's going he's gonna to have some great opportunities because of his age and his skill set and how, what he's thrown is his growth. And um, they're going to they're gonna be hurting for quite some time. And some, some people in that organization will never get over the what could have happened. Okay, before I get to your last hero, I want to I wanna talk about this because I think two quarterbacks are really battling to prove that they are still legitimate big-time, big-money quarterbacks. One of them is in our backyard here with Cody Fajardo, and the other guy is Vernon Adams, who's bounced all over the league, and everybody's, you know, Vernon can do it. Vernon can do it. Vernon can do it. This is, a, this is Custard's last stand for Vernon Adams. Yeah, I think you're right. Um... I'll liken it to uh, the Sean Lemon situation. Sean Lemon, defensive lineman for the, for the Calgary St. Peters, he's a guy that's always bounced around, and he gets a bad rap, and he flashes, and he gets a bad rap, and, and all of a sudden he's bounced. And now he's found a spot in Calgary, this, I think it's third time around, where he is really a significant impact player for them, and he is playing at a high level. He's playing the run. He's playing, you know, he's, a, he's playing every snap of the game almost, and he's playing great. This is the same opportunity for Vernon Adams where he, you're right. It is a – you run out of second chances. And he's in a great situation. He's basically got the job. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's not fighting for the job in Montreal. Anybody who knew anything about football knew that as soon as Trevor Harris signed an extension in the offseason last year, he was going to be their full-time starter. At some point, it was just whether or not it was before Kahari Jones got fired. It was clear that the upper management wanted him in there. It's tough for a quarterback to do that. It's a learned position at quarterback. There's a lot of mental aspects to it. And, uh, like most things in life, when you're constantly stressed, you usually don't perform at your best. So this is a better situation. Uh, I'm personally, I'm skeptical. I don't, 
I don't think he'll deliver. I don't think he's going to be what they think he'll be. They, he gives them a better chance of winning, you know, two or three more regular season games and uh, finishing in third rather than maybe Saskatchewan leapfrogging them for uh, uh-huh. to stay in the West. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, quarterback play in general and the CFL has really, really taken a nosedive, in my opinion, in the last three or four years. I think the coaching cap is predominantly to blame. There's not as many coaches on a staff. Like I said, quarterback is a, learn, a position you learn, you develop. And right now, no team has a quarterback coach whose only job is to be the quarterback coach. And I think league-wide, the, the, the play of the quarterback is trending in, in the wrong direction. And, and it's one of the more worrisome things about the CFL, in my opinion. Yeah, and what bothers me, Jeff, while we're staying on this before we get to your last hero, Jeff Heck joining us here for his Heroes and Zero segment on the Sports Cage. I look at, like, Michael O'Connor, and they say he has a hamstring injury, and so I'll believe them, but I think they've given up on Michael O'Connor. And what I don't like about the CFL is, for a Canadian quarterback, he doesn't get nearly as long a leash as an American quarterback. You tell me this. What has Antonio Pipkin ever proven to anybody that he should continue to get chance after chance after chance? I watched that game from my hotel room last week in Winnipeg, and I'm like, that guy... Give me a break. Yeah, I agree with you. That game was tough to watch in that sense. Uh, I don't know why they didn't put Vernon Adams in. Uh, you know, get. I mean, he's not going to play well, but get him 20 or 30 extra snaps with the offense and he can get some practice in and, and warm his arm up because it was clear in that game, Antonio Pipkin is not a professional-level quarterback. It's, it, I mean, at the CFL caliber, maybe maybe in one of these spring leagues or one of these new American leagues, he could he could be a effective player. He's not a quarterback. He's not. He he shouldn't be playing in the, in the game. I think you're right about Michael Connor. I think when the in, his injury happened, uh, I was a little suspicious that um, Rick Campbell was on the sideline, given the sideline report, and said he's got a leg injury, and we're not sure if he's going to come back. And he's on the sideline walking around. He's got no ice on it. He, he looked fine to me so it was a little bit suspicious it it seems to me like he was benched because they never thought he was going to be anything more than an emergency ratio if uh Mm -hmm. if work goes down yeah yeah he needed to rest in the fourth quarter or he needed to go in for a qb sneak he didn't want to have to juggle things of the roster completely um there's certain positions that are american positions there's certain positions that are canadian positions you know this in the cfl players get longer leashes uh, there's Canadian receivers that, uh, in my opinion, have no business playing in the CFL either, but they keep bouncing around. They keep landing on rosters because it's a position where everybody's trying to find an effective Canadian. And defensive backs and quarterbacks is, a, is an American position. Canadians, you know, it's one and done. You make one mistake. You, you don't show. You don't get the reps. And, and sure, there's, you know, football is a skill you learn. You can develop over time. I think I'm proof of that. I played nine years as a less than impressive combine measurable state, but you're right, guys, you know, whether it's an inherent bias or, or it's on purpose, some guys, American or Canadian, get, get longer opportunities, and, and I think you're right about the quarterback situation in BC. All right, lastly, your hero, your last hero, hero number two, Jeff Hecht. My hero number two is Lorenzo Lozo Malden IV, yeah. uh, defensive end for the Ottawa Red Box. This guy is taking the league by storm. Um, he's played 33 games in the NFL. He had six and a half sacks with the New York Jets. Joining the Red Blacks in 2019, he played 11 games, three sacks. We have the COVID year 2021. He played seven games, one sack. This year, in 12 games, this man has 12 sacks. 
And he's playing on a team that is almost always playing from behind. So I think if he was on a Calgary, Winnipeg, Toronto, Saskatchewan even, um, this guy's numbers would be even more impressive if he was able to rush the quarterback a lot more. He's spending a lot more time stopping the run, which he does amazingly effectively as, as well because he's on a team that's always playing from behind. Um, he's still pretty young. He's 29 years old. I would love for one of these contending teams going into the playoffs to make a move for him. Ottawa is all but um, done this year, and they would maybe be looking towards the future and picking up some some value for him. Uh, I think he could be, if he had another defensive end on the other side of him that was wreaking havoc, similar to what Winnipeg has with Jeff Code and, and Willie Jefferson, he would be even more dominant, and he's, up, he's right up there with the, the, the best three or four defensive ends in the league. And the most important thing about him that I love is I think he has the best swag of any defensive <laughs> lineman in the entire CFL. The look, he's got the headband, the sleeves, his, the butterfly collar. Um, he looks like a football player. He looks like the kind of player kids growing up playing Madden, when they go to create a player, they would add all of those add-ons and, and just make him. And then the visor and everything, he, just, he looks like a football player. And this year he is playing like a football player. He is one of the bright spots in Ottawa. And uh, he's, you know, maybe a fourth or fifth best defensive lineman in the league right now, in my opinion. We really like this segment. It's Jeff Hecht and Hex Heroes and Zeros. Thanks for this, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And we're back with the sports tickers for Bronco Plumbing Heating and Cooling. They're hiring right now. Looking for starting, uh, looking for service technicians, sorry. Starting salary, $75,000 plus a signing bonus. You can give them a call at 306 936 is that the number, Ballsy? Man, my script is gone. Here, I got it right here. Right here. 306-781-2090. Give them a call. You, you, th- you would think I would know that number by now. 781-2090. They're looking for service techs. Man, I do know one thing. The Blue Jays had a nice win last night, and they're playing a doubleheader today against uh, those Tampa Bay Rays. They lost the first half, 4-2, to two, and uh, the second half of the doubleheader is coming up here at uh, 5.07 against the Rays. And the Pats are playing... At a sold-out Estevan Canalta Arena, I think, or I don't even Affinity know. Place. Affinity Place yeah. is what it's called. Sorry, and uh, we don't yeah. know anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're playing in a sold-out, brand new, five-year-old Estevan ring tonight. Dante DiCaria on the call. We'll have him after uh, about five fifteen to talk about the Pats, as it's a preseason game with Swift Current. Connor Bedard, the big draw there. Let us head out. Speaking of big draws and talking. With uh, the CAA general manager of travel, that would be Terry Kazis, uh, the uh, CAA slash sports cage trip to Los Angeles. is It's been very successful, hasn't it, Terry? That's been great, Ballsy. It's, uh, you know, it really is the ultimate sports trip. Yeah, for sure. Tell us a bit about it and how uh, how uh, we got two seats left from Regina, and that is it. So if you want to get on board, you better get on it. Probably by the end of this interview, tell us about the trip. Fifty-four seats sold at a record pace, two to go. Um, hosted by yourself and myself, me more the logistics. You're you're the personality. Mm. <laughs> and we got Zinger too, and Zinger's coming too. So Zinger, yeah, right. Zinger, yeah, he's going to help us along. That, yeah, and that he's a great, uh, he's a great sports fan. He knows about traveling and stuff, so he'll have all the little tips too. He'll probably be more like a tour guide like you too, man. Uh, so, <laughs> so we are staying on uh, uh, Comfort in Huntington Beach, which obviously beautiful location. 
seven nights. We're going to do a live uh, sports cage broadcast from, uh, you know, a, a, a location uh, down in Huntington Beach. We haven't got that nailed down yet, but we always do. Uh, December 5th to the 12th, we'll be having a sports cage party there for the ultimate sports trip. Uh, all your transportation included to and from the games, uh, your airfare, your accommodation, as you mentioned, daily breakfast, a group party, and four games, two NHL and two NFL. Yeah. All for the price of twenty four ninety nine. Two yeah. seats left from Regina. And that is awesome. People are like, is that, is that airfare? Is that taxes? That's everything. Now tell us about the games if you can, Terry, quickly. Absolutely, we got the uh, we got the Hurricanes, Carolina Hurricanes, and the Ducks, San Jose Sharks, and the Ducks, and then two NFL games, a Thursday and a Sunday. Uh, we got the LA Chargers. Uh, uh, sorry, the uh, yeah, sorry, the Oakland Raiders and the Rams, and then we have the Miami Dolphins uh, versus the uh, Chargers, LA Chargers. Okay, so I I am I'm smiling like a butcher's dog because you called them the Oakland Raiders, which I'm very happy with. Even oh, though they're no, no 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 I'm good I'm good with I'm good. With, I'm good with, said San Diego. Yes, that's what I want. I was going to credit you with calling them the Oakland Raiders, and they damn well are the San Diego Chargers. I I still see them as the San Diego Chargers. So two seats left. That is outstanding. Those are four really good football teams, and the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be a pretty good hockey team too. And you know Anaheim and San Jose regardless of the record they hate each other because they're in the same division so if they want to get the last two seats how do they go about doing it terry they just got to shoot me a text they got to let you know they can uh, sh- send us an email and just to clarify one more time so people don't think we're trying to rip them off we it's the out las vegas raiders and the <laughs> la chargers yeah chargers dolphins they on sunday get- yeah, and then the, the primetime game, which is going to be the Raiders and the Rams, the Super Bowl champs, going to be outstanding. All right, Terry, we got to roll. I'll send them your way. Two seats left. By the time we hang up, I'd expect this thing to be sold out. Terry, give them the digits. They can call you at quickly. They can give me a call at 306-791-4405. Thanks, man. Take care, buddy. All right. Take care. That's Terry over at CAA. CAA, yeah, get a hold of him, man. All right, let's stay on the phone on the Western Pizza Hotline and get out to Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. Brian, how are you today? I am doing great. Now we're getting short into the uh, what's left in the golf course season, so get out there on the course while, while you still can. I love this time of year. Bugs are generally dying off. Wind's not so bad. This is actually my favorite time of the year on the golf course. This is a great time of the golf, on the golf course. Now our temperatures are dropping a little bit, but you know what? It's fairly comfortable. I looked at the forecast for the rest of the week. Tomorrow's a little iffy, but the rest of the week it looks great. Yeah. Uh, we are taking bookings for the weekend already, uh, and to that and to that note, uh, tomorrow is Wednesday. Every Monday and every Wednesday, ladies and seniors, that's over 60. You pay $29 to play the golf course. And if you're not a lady or a senior, you still get a good deal at $39. Uh, our early twilight still starts at, 30, at uh, 3 o'clock. It's $32. And our late night twilight, which now starts at 5 o'clock to give you time to get nine holes in at least, is $17. And it's cool, so you don't work up that much of a sweat. You've had a rough day. You just want to bang some balls around. You guys got a great driving range, too. Absolutely. It's huge. It's all grass. No mats. 
and we've got target greens and it's and it has been busy it's been it's been a lot of fun having that driving range the way it has been this year okay so time is short we want to enjoy it while we can how do they get a hold of you all you have to do is give us a call at 306-543-5050 and we are booking online at flowingspringsgolf.com thanks brian have a great day we'll talk to you thursday you betcha take care that's brian raymond out at the golf course there our official golf course here of the sports cage and our sports cage shareholders our listeners flowing springs we'll be back after the five o'clock news with luke molander dante decaria and we'll get into some more cfl talk with glenn Souter. this is the sports cage for saskatchewan lotteries on 620 ckrm Welcome to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport culture and recreation groups. Coming up this hour, about 5.20, we'll go to Estevan and talk with Dante DeCaria. He's the voice of the Pats. They're playing a preseason game against Swift Current. Sold out rink in Estevan. Everybody there to see the highly touted Connor Bedard. And, of course, the Broncos are pretty good, too, with four guys that were drafted in the NHL draft. We'll hear from Jorgen Hughes, the long snapper of the Rough Riders, talk about the game that was in the illness, the big game against Edmonton, which kicks off football weekend in Saskatchewan. He's a Saskatoon kid that played for the Rams, so he's got all the bases covered. We'll also hear from Glenn Suter, Arash Madani, and we'll have some more football uh, weekend in Saskatchewan talk. Do we have a Luke Molitor yet? We're just uh, endeavoring to get him. Also, you could text us at 936-6262, the number to text. Before we get to Luke, let's get to a couple of those texts. Zinger, first off, did you pick a winner for the Rams, Husky, uh, Rams Huskies tickets? Yeah, big congratulations goes out to Ryland. Ryland's going to the game on uh, on Saturday night, 7 p.m. kickoff, part of football weekend Saskatchewan. So, uh Keep it tuned in. We're going to be playing some sass to pick the score later as well. Yeah, all right. Uh, we got TC and Medicine Hat said, Ballsy, I'm hearing Duke is being low-key shopped around. Thoughts? And also, can I get your thoughts on the old line? And TC also says, like the new Hex segment. Yeah, it's good. Hex, heroes and zeros. You can catch it in our podcast later. Brought to you by spreads.ca. Uh, uh, Duke is maybe being shopped around. I had said that yesterday. No knowledge, but y- you know, maybe mm. you're looking to move him, see what you can get for him. Uh, I don't know if there's any smoke to that. We'll have to check. He wasn't at practice again today. Um, also, uh, offensive line, I thought they played well. Uh, all things considered, being they were dehydrated and sick, but what do I know about being in the trenches? Let's go to the phones and say hi to our friend Luke Mullender. Luke, your thought? We went into that game, we're like, okay, well, our defense has to be solid because our O-line, look at this O-line. You and I are like, holy cow, let's put some money on the Bombers. But the O-line was good. The D, <laughs> the, the D let us down, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, the first time in like four years, probably the uh, defense wasn't the strength of the team. Um, that was uh, that was crazy to watch. But again, there was there was some positives. Uh, I thought uh, Cooper Richardson, for his first start uh, against two of the best ends in the game, um, played really well. Uh, and I'm not sure what he graded out as. He might have had some assignment busts, and and obviously when you have your first start, it's not going to go perfect. But from what I saw. I thought Cooper Rush um, had a lot of potential there, and I'd love to see that continue to uh, to build. Well, you said Cooper Rush. That's the that's the Cowboys quarterback Not now. Cooper and... Rush, sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to that in a second because that's funny because I did want to talk Cowboys with you too. Uh, actually, Coach Dickinson was on the show, and he said uh, on Monday, like he always is, after five, he said from what he could tell, he didn't even give up a pressure. He just had the one illegal procedure penalty. And when you think about it, this dude was sick as a dog. There was guys hooked up the IV in the locker room before the game. 
Well, we talked about him having a better chance than most guys in his first start, strictly because he had been following, he'd been traveling with the team. Ballsy, obviously, you and I know that. Yeah. Right. He'd been practicing with the team, and and when you watch that amount of film as a guy that's not playing and not getting an opportunity to contribute, you uh, you start building a portfolio of items that you see the people who are playing in front of you, you build that portfolio of items based on, hey, this is what you would do in a certain situation where you're seeing the other guys maybe faltering a bit, right? So, again, I thought that when he was being bull rushed, for instance, you saw him really fighting to get his hands inside. But more importantly, you saw him trying to widen his stance out to try to plant a little bit to not give up a pressure. And, and again, I think, that he, I think that he understood what he was supposed to do there as – as it related to his one-on-ones. I think he understands what assignment-wise what he's supposed to do. But in terms of the one-on-one opportunities he knew he was going to have, it looked like he he understood it. I think that there was a pressure that they ran on his side that they ended up hitting or sacking Fajardo. And it wasn't his fault. He actually picked the stunt up properly. And it was Evan Johnson who just for some reason didn't pass the guy off and take the guy that was coming to him. So, um, Again, it's a guy that I'd love to see continue to get that opportunity and continue to build on a nice body of work to start out with. Okay, so the Edmonton Elks come into town here. The Riders are looking unbelievably to snap a four-game losing skid on home turf. And if they do that in the process, they'll eliminate officially the Edmonton Elks from the playoffs. I think we all know they're, they are done without saying they're done, but mathematically they would be done. I want to get your thoughts on this, okay? There, there are two things, and I agree with Jeff Hecht, who was on here earlier. Uh, actually, that was a conversation he and I had off the air, so we'll get into that next week, him and I. I'm, I'm mixing the two up, but I, I want your thoughts on this. I never, ever, ever, ever want to hear guru in relation to Paul LaPolice because he is not an offensive guru. I think he's overrated as an offensive guru. And Chris Jones is not a defensive guru. You cannot call a guy a defensive guru when, he's, when his team has given up over 50 points three times in a season. I refuse to call him an, a defensive guru. I, I don't, I, here's the difference between Chris Jones and, and Paul Lapolice. Chris Jones doesn't actually care um, where, what his team's doing right now. He, he, he's, what Chris Jones is doing is holding an eight-week tryout period. And he's, he's setting the foundation for the guys that he wants to be the core part of that locker room moving forward. He's probably a long time ago told um, Victor Quee that, it, you know, this year was going to be a rebuild re-year and it was going to get rough. But I'm pretty sure he also pointed to the successes that he's built on after a first year. Now, this is a guy who's won a championship with every single team he's been a part of. He's been part of, you know, some of the best defenses in the league over you know over the last uh, decade right in the canadian football league and um he's a guy that learned straight from the don matthews clinical football now you compare that to la police whose offense has been specialized in kicking field goals for the entire time that he's been as oc um you look at the body of work and they're nowhere close um paul la police Obviously, the TSN guys are never going to say anything bad about him. Those guys love him, and I respect that because honestly, I hate talking bad about my friends when when they when they need uh, when they need that assessment. Fortunately, my friends aren't in the public eye, and I can talk bad about them all I want, right? But when you're TSN and your buddy's up there and he's screwing everything up, 
and he's looking bad, and he looks listless. They look clueless. Um, it's hard to talk about that, right, because you, you're on national TV, and so they never call him out. If he gets fired or, or they don't continue his contract in Ottawa this year, they'll probably give him a job doing some sort of chalk talk. He'll get up there, he'll do the song and dance, and he'll be right back to the Paul Lapolis everybody loves. But when it comes to winning and the things that matter on the football field, Paul Lapolis has never been that guy. So uh, I'm not sure who's I'm not sure who's ever put, um, said. I, I know what you're talking about because there are people that have described him as a guru. But if you ask people that know football, Paul Lapolis is an average coach at best. So. Uh... Uh, you have no friends in the public eye, so you don't care how you talk about them. Remember that uh, f- uh, Friday about 5.30 when we're in the booth together, okay, Mullinder? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but people like that part of, part of our life. I know, I know. I, I just they like hearing you get zinged a little bit. I no, just, but you know what? I, I mean, just bugged you. Here, hey, here's the thing, right? Like, you know how it goes, man. I can talk about, about you all I want, but if someone told a doctor about you in front of me, I'd have to punch him in the mouth. Yeah, right? me too. Me too. I'm your brother. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's get Wait, to this. You know how that goes. Yeah, let's get to this now. Let's turn our attention to the NFL. What in the bloody hell was that on Monday Night Football? You're, you got you paid millions for Russell Wilson to be your quarterback. They can't stop Sutton or a Judy outside. It's fourth and five. Russell Wilson statistically has converted almost 70% of his fourth down gambles in a fourth quarter in his career. He's in his old stomping grounds, and you elect to go for a 64-yard field goal? Yeah, could you imagine John Elway giving up $250 million for Russell Westbrook, uh, for Russell Wilson, and then the coach doesn't put that quarterback on in the most important move um, phase of the game and elects to kick a 64-yarder. Like, And good for Russell Wilson, because after on the press conference, he's like, I believe in our coach. I believe in what we're trying to do. The kicker did the, the, did the company line. Oh, yeah, you know what? I should have uh, kicked it. Bottom line is that's a $250 million quarterback that you guys gave up a ton of draft picks for. He's designed to play in, and respond and make plays in that moment, and they didn't even give him a chance. Um, it was a huge failure on the Seattle Seahawks' part. But, again, here I am. I waited six months. I was so excited. I waited six months for the Dallas Cowboys to play, and what we did, we did three points the whole weekend. I know. Six months the Dallas Cowboys fans, and all they did is three points. So you know what? I feel for the sea, um, for the Denver Broncos fan base. Um, I, I'm in the same boat. We're equally as inept. So my team's never won a championship, so take what I say with a grain of salt. For those just tuning in, I'm a Chargers fan. They're looking good early, but they always charger it. But I'm going to say this. At the end, early in his career, he was... He was maybe the most important figure in NFL history, and Al, F- Al uh, Davis, pardon me. But then Al Davis kind of, the cheese slid off the cracker. He lost it in the Lane Kiffin era and all that type of thing, okay? I feel that's what's happening with the Cowboys and Jerry Jones, man. They're becoming Al Davis. Yeah, you know, you've, you've seen it. You've seen it with the Raiders. You know who, who you also saw it with a little bit? The, the Yankees with Steinbrenner. Yeah. Right? And the reason why I mentioned the Yankees and it goes the same for the Raiders as well, is because behind Steinbrenner, behind Jerry Jones, behind Al Davis was a family member. Yeah. Right? And when Jerry Jones leaves the organization, passes it on, or passes away, right, God forbid, um, his son is there. And it's going to be really interesting to see what direction the son, because I, I, I'm probably willing to bet that when a son takes over for an uber-successful sports owner, 
I'm not sure the statistics would say that franchise turns around all of a sudden, right? Like if you were sitting in Jerry Jones's shadow for your entire life and you were watching and, and you believed in your father, you, you take like, for instance, though, I, I do think they'll draft well, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, I'm just not convinced, right? I mean, but, but again, you look at the other side of the fence, the Cowboys are the most valuable franchise in the world. They're an eight billion dollar franchise. Oh, okay. he he's a great he's a great businessman. Right? There's no doubt about that. Fanzo, yeah, like you can't really like it's not like they're the Phoenix Coyotes, <laughs> right? Like where they're just terrible and they're playing in a university with twenty people watching them. Yeah, like, this is an eight billion dollar franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And same with the Chargers, man. They're going to be an exciting team. At least people still want to watch. Like the Phoenix Coyotes, nobody cares. Right? That's that's true. No, absolutely. You know, did yeah. you see the news today, Balzi? The 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 owner of the Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, mm-hmm. who is on record making racist statements and is a misogynist, is only suspended for a year. When the Clippers owner did that, they forced him to sell the team. You want to know what the difference is? No, what's the difference? Both the NBA and the WNBA know there's no hope in hell of ever selling those two franchises. Yeah, Roberts. Yeah, yeah, Robert Sar- Robert that. Sarver's the guy you're talking about. One year, ten million dollar fine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's a, that, that was they a can't sell those franchises. Yeah, right? that's right. Jerry, yeah, they could sell the Cowboys. Oh, for sure. What, I mean? what an investment! I think he bought them for like a hundred ninety or two hundred million, and now they're worth like a bajillion dollars. It's crazy. Well, that's the thing. Eight, they're eight billion dollars. They're the most valuable franchise in the world, and this includes like Bayern Munich and some of the European soccer teams. Right? So he's doing, like, in the grand scheme of things, they may not be winning championships, but, man, he's doing what you need to do as a business owner, too. Two, and, that, two, and the NFL is a billion-dollar business. Two teams that are done. Their seasons are done. The BC Lions, their season's done. They're finished. And uh, Vernon Adams ain't helping them. Oh. Uh, they're done. And your team's done. Cooper Rush for four games. They're, they're hoping to get Dak Prescott back uh, five weeks from now, but I think it'll be too late by then. They're not getting Dak Prescott back in five weeks. That's a pipe dream. Yeah. There's, there's no way they're getting a quarterback. That's a hand they're talking about. It's not like it's, right? Like, it's yeah. not like it's his, his quad or something. <laughs> like, it's his hand. Like, man, that's a throwing hand. It's not something you just bandage and throw back out there. And, uh, yeah, I, I've i got a lot of confidence in Cooper Rush, though. Okay. I think the Cowboys are going to be, I think we've just, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, right, because Dak, Prescott is a highly paid quarterback, and Lamar Jackson still hasn't gotten his flowers, so it sucks. But I, and it sucks for me to say, but I honestly, I think we have just the same amount of opportunity to win next week as we did with Dak Prescott as we do with Cooper Rush. Period. Nice, I really do. Nice, yeah. and it sucks for me to say, but I'm a Cowboys fan, man, and I'm ready for more pain next week. All right, man. Thanks for your time. I appreciate. It. We'll see you in the booth on Friday. Yeah, man, let's have a good game. I'm excited about that game. It's a must win for the Riders, by the way. Oh, Bob. you got yeah, you got to win that game. There's absolutely no way you can you cannot lose that game. Abs- heads will roll if they lose that game. They can't lose that game. Absolutely not. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Now I don't mean literally heads will roll. Like I don't think anybody's going to get fired after that game, but they got to win that game. That's a must win for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Coming up, we'll hear from Dante DeCaria live from Estevan, and Jorgen Hughes will join us too. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM.
Well, we know we're in full swing in football season, but hockey is right on the edge of starting up at least regular season-wise. Tonight, the Pats are playing an exhibition game against the Swift Current Broncos, and it goes down in Estevan. We're joined by the voice of the Pats, Dante DiCaria. You can catch his call starting with the pregame show right after my show is done here on 620 CKRM. Dante, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's a preseason game, but don't say it's meaningless because I'm hearing the city of Estevan Estevan is uh, is excited for this one. Well, I had an opportunity to do a quick interview with uh, Josh Biggs, the president of the Estevan Bruins, which will air during tonight's broadcast. And he went out and said that uh, they're either going to sell out or they are close to being at full capacity for tonight's game. Now, of course, they did host the Centennial Cup, the National Junior A Championship. So this rink can hold a crowd close to 3,000, so it's going to be a really exciting game, and I think it's really exciting for the community of Estevan and for fans in Southern Saskatchewan, because I'm not sure if too many people know this, but in Estevan, they have a five-year-old rink, like it is brand spanking Mm. new, and, uh, you know, I might mention this throughout the broadcast tonight, depending on how things go, but I would not be surprised if they're knocking on the door to potentially get a Western Hockey League team in a couple of years with that rink. Nice. So, uh, is Bedard playing? He is playing, and that was one of the big tickets um, when it went back to kind of the negotiations with this process. Um, it was actually Josh that reached out to uh, Gord Pritchard, our CEO, and Gord's a SJHL alumni, so things kind of went from there. And then in terms of getting the Broncos looped in, Chad Leslie, who's the GM of the Broncos, used to be the coach of the S-Band Bruins, so things kind of worked out nicely. How are uh, the Pats looking so far as we uh, roll through training camp preseason and getting ready for the, uh, the, the regular season opener? Well, Michael, they're one and one on the preseason. They're coming off a huge win on Friday. I really like their game at Prince Albert on Friday because, uh, at least from what I saw last year and from what I heard over the last couple of years, they would get pushed around and bullied around in Prince Albert. But now that the Pats have a different element to their team, which they didn't have last year, and that's some, you know, bottom six physicality. A guy like Brayden Barnett, you know, Corbin and Jackson Vaughn, those two guys were really physical in Prince Albert. And so the Raiders were unable to push the Pats around. And so they kind of. Well, they got good goaltending as well. Took too many penalties, but uh, overall, I do really like the physicality of this team. So that was a great win, 3-2 on Friday. And then Saturday, uh, really just didn't have any jump from the start. Lost 3-2. Uh, really cool story at the end. I'm not sure if you saw Rob Vanso's article, but Dale Durkatch, former Pats legend, or is a Pats legend, number retired. His son, Dace, was drafted by Prince Albert, and he scored the game-winning goal with 137 left in the clock. I don't want to talk too much about Prince Albert, but I thought that was a really cool tidbit to throw in there. But overall, uh, I really like the grit and physicality that this Pats team has. I think that adds a little bit of a different element to their game because, I mean, last year, Connor Bedard was getting pushed down around a lot. He had to stand up for himself because there was nobody really there to back him up. Too too much high skill and smaller guys, which is always good. But, again, in the Western Hockey League, you do need that grit. You do need that physicality. And there's going to be lots of guys that are able to stick up for Bedard this season. Regina Pat's voice, Dante DiCaria, joining us here. Have you noticed a different Connor Bedard or something different in his game during this training camp? Honestly, I mean, I've only seen him play one game. I saw him play a few scrimmages. Uh, same guy. Like, like obviously, he's better. He, uh, he grew an inch. He's 5'10 now. Uh, 5'10 and a half. I think he likes to say he's 5'11, but he's 5'10. <laughs> Uh, he gained a little bit of weight. He's about a buck eighty-six, which, again, for for him, for a seventeen-year-old, that's really good. You know, like I can't say that I've noticed a lot. He's still the same player that shoots the puck yeah. extremely well. 
Now, I'm no expert on Connor Bernard. So many people I've seen him. I mean, they saw him at the World Juniors. They saw what he did. He was a point-of-game player there. He scored four goals, right? So, um, it's going to. Be, I think, yeah, you're going to have to ask me that question maybe after 10 games or so in the regular season because um, this is what we expect from Connor Bernard. To me, there's nothing new. He's a prolific offensive player. He shoots the puck extremely well. Uh, yeah, he has to work on his game probably away from the puck, but overall, he is just a, an exceptional player. Yeah, so, and, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, one of the uh, best goals in Canadian junior and hockey history was scored by a former Pat Jordan Eberle, and Connor Bedard was part of the golden save. So that's something uh, kind of cool about the World Juniors and the Regina Pats tie-in. I asked him about that, actually, and uh, he didn't want to take any credit. He gave Mason McTavish all the credit for saving the puck in at the goal line. Um, he said, you know, the puck was going in without Mason, so clearly I didn't do a good enough job. But, um, you know, Connor's just a humble person. Um, I, I think he did have a little bit to do yeah, with it. He because did. He's not there. He, yeah, I know he doesn't want to say it, but if he's not there, the puck's going straight in. Yeah, for sure. All right, and uh, uh, let's speak of our opponents quickly. Uh, the Swift Current Broncos are going to be a really good team this year, at least on paper, coming in. No, I, I really like Swift Current's team now. I, I mean, Pats fans wouldn't like me saying this, but I could see the Broncos finishing higher than the Pats in the Eastern Conference standings. Now, they're in the Central Division, so the Pats will only see them six times this year, but um, I just like the way they're built. I like the way they played last season. They were just a handful of points out of a playoff spot with a very young team. They added a, you know, a drafted 20-year-old goaltender in Gage Alexander from the Winnipeg Ice, um, and they have a lot of their returning players that were drafted by NHL clubs last year. They had Six that were potentially going to get drafted. Five got drafted. So all of a sudden, they had no players drafted to the NHL last year. And now coming into this year, they have five 18-year-olds that were just selected in the 2022 NHL draft. And um, if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what will. They're going to be led by Owen Pickering, first-round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's like 6'6", can skate, he can shoot. He's just a fantastic player. And also, don't forget about Josh Philman, who was fantastic last year and uh, he's expected to be one of their top scorers this season. Said this about the Western Hockey League stars of tomorrow today. You can catch all the action tonight with our friend Dante DeCaria right here on 620 CKRM, live from sold-out Estevan. That's going to be outstanding. Thanks for this, Dante. No problem, Michael. You know, I, I watched the Blue Jays game and that Alejandro Kirk, that bowling ball's on first base. Now, he can hit the ball. He's strong and everything, right? And maybe he is athletic. He just doesn't look athletic. They hit the ball deep to left center. The uh, center fielder makes a great catch against the wall and throws it back to first. And uh, Alejandro Kirk is just... <laughs> he's just huffing and puffing, getting back there. That's the one thing about baseball. And I just, I just can't totally get into baseball because... They aren't exactly high-performance athletes. Like, yes, they are athletic. Don't get me wrong. And you and I couldn't get up there like Kirk and hit a fastball. There's no way. That's not what I'm saying. But when you watch the NFL or the CFL or hockey, like McDavid skating 40 kilometers an hour stick handling, okay? This guy is literally eating nachos probably in the tunnel. Hey, Alejandro, you're up. (laughs) Not everybody's going to be like Alejandro, though. Not everybody's going to oh, be really? huffing and Because I want CC Sabathia wear his pajamas onto the mound. Well, that's like... Looks like he just went to Walmart. That's like, what, 5%? 5% of the league are probably huffer and puffers like that. You I know? guarantee you that Alejandro Kirk could not 
move as fast as some of these NFL offensive linemen who are like 360 pounds. Oh, no, not even not Yeah, even so that's what I mean. That's yeah, why yeah. I can't buy into it. It's, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know what? You literally could stand around for 80% of a ball game and do nothing. If you're out in right field, you may never get a ball. The whole Why game. are you hating on baseball? I'm just Leave saying. Leave it alone. Because my Padres are starting to suck. God. Anyway, Baseball's let's... a nice, friendly, beautiful sport, you know? Let's just leave it be. It's for lazy people that like to stare at their phone half the time. Anyway, let's get to uh, pick the score. we got a big football weekend in Saskatchewan. Zinger, you're making your play-by-play debut. It's going to go down uh, on Saturday at 12.45 with the pregame show with yourself and Ryan Hall. Kickoff just after one. Undefeated Thunder against the Hilltops. You've been preparing all week. How excited are you? Uh, I don't think I could gather up the words to say how excited I am. Ballsy. This is something that I've dreamed about doing since I was a young lad so uh, this is a I don't think it's hit me yet I don't think it will hit me that I'm actually going to be calling a football game on the radio well I'm looking forward to that so you're calling that game Uh, I'm doing a special sports cage in between the games and the games, I say, because then we got the 2-0 and Huskies rolling to town. Mason Nias, who's a heck Crichton uh, talked-about candidate going up against the young gunslinger Noah Pelshi making his third career start. He's off to a pretty good start at 2-0. and uh, You got uh, Andrew Bennett, the stud. from Flo- He's from Florida, I think. What a stud defensive lineman. He's the Can West mm-hmm. Defensive Player of the Week two weeks in a row last Big week. Anthony, yeah. La- Anthony, is that his name? Anthony? Yeah. Andrew was the receiver. Sorry, Anthony. Yeah. Anthony, the brothers. Ha- yeah. The brothers. Anthony had had a sack and a pick six last week. So Anthony Bennett can get a force fumble too. I think he might have. Oh, crazy yeah. man! So we got that game, and we've got the uh, game, the Riders and the Edmonton Elks, which is a must win for your Rough Riders, trying to break a four game losing skid on home turf and finish off Chris Jones and the Edmonton Elks. Right now, it's time for pick the score nine three six sixty two sixty two. The number to call in town, toll free out of town one eight six six seven six seven. It's Sastel Pick the Score. It's also Sastel Football Weekend in Saskatchewan. We should mention them. Thanks to them for getting on board and sponsoring that and sponsoring it right here on our airwaves. Now, should we uh, take this yeah, live? We'll take it? a call live okay. here. Yep. I want to tell you what they get the they'll win tickets to the game automatically if they're closest to the, picking the score, the actual score for this week, they'll get a $200 gift card to Sastel and and they'll be in a running for a sweet experience next year at a Ryder game. Let's go to the phones, the Western Pizza Hotline, and say hi to... Who is this? Garrett. Garrett, when's the last time you won here on these fine airwaves? Oh, like week two, I believe it was. Week two, so that would be... July one. Yeah, so week two is July, August. Week okay, we'll get... Week, oh, week two or week three? See, so week three would put us at... Uh, or week four? Where Are you, are you counting down? Because you can't have won within the last 30 days. <laughs> No, it wasn't within the last 30 days. Okay, sure. okay, Garrett, because we're checking our list. If Zinger checks the list and he finds out you won, you don't win. We'll just He's give eligible. He's I eligible? Just okay, no, Gar- last, last time I won, we laughed about how the weak guy before... He tried to win, and he just won. Oh, okay, Garrett, good. You yeah, learn from you others. Mis- yeah, you're- I'm honest. Of course I remember. <laughs> There's two things you need to know when you yeah. call this show, Garrett. I yeah. remember everything, and yeah. don't ask me. Don't ever ask me how I'm doing, because you already know I'm awesome. <laughs> okay. Memory like an elephant, eh, Ballsy? Yeah, that's yeah. right, Garrett. Okay, so, Garrett, who do you got in the game? All oh, fighters are going to pull this one out. I'm just... I got my green glasses on for sure, and I'm going to say 
27 to I like that. I like that. Trey Ford's yeah. actually going to be in the lineup, so we might get to see the Canadian guy, either kind of like in a two-quarterback set, which Edmonton like to do, or if Cornelius soils the sheets, maybe he gets in. He was starting to look good before he got hurt there earlier in the year. Okay, so uh, so it's 27 to 10. You've won tickets to the Edmonton uh, Rider game. You've got a chance now to win a $200 gift card from Sastel. Plus, plus, we are going to tell you you have a chance to win a sweet experience next year. So, how are you feeling about your team? Oh, I'm a Rider fan, so I'm always positive. But, I mean, oh, they're not looking good. But <laughs> I don't mind crossing over to the east. I think if we cross over to the east, they got a chance. And, who knows? Miracles could happen at Mosaic. All right, Garrett. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Hang on the phone. Zinger will confirm with you. Zinger, we had a poll question up here. If you could put Garrett on hold. We had a poll question up here, uh, Zinger. What do you got there in terms of uh, uh, what we asked? Yeah, Give us our, the options. Yeah, our question today was, the Riders will win the East, uh, finish third in the West, and lose the semi, or the Riders will make changes after the season. So right now, over 50% of the people of our sports cage shareholders. Yes. 51% say that the Riders will be making changes at the end of the season. And 41% say they're going to win the East, and about uh, 7% say they're going to finish third in the West. So so go to our Sports Cage um, Twitter handle, Twitter handle at, Sports at Sports Cage, and vote there, and we'll give the results tomorrow. I'm sticking with it, man. Riders are finishing fourth. They're crossing over. They're winning the East semifinal. They're winning the East final. They're coming back here in their... I think they have to be in the visitor locker room. Well, Winnipeg or Calgary probably most likely takes the, their home locker room. And I will tell you this. Give me... I know it hasn't been a great year, but give me the Riders on home turf in one game for the Grey Cup. Come on. You're going to tell me the Riders don't have a good chance? Your original pick was Riders-Lions yeah, in the Grey Cup. but Vernon Adams ain't getting it done. He isn't getting it done. Uh, I think I think we will all allow you to change your lines pick to somebody else now. Riders and the Stampeders. No, no, Stampeders don't have a good enough defense. Riders and the Blue Bombers in the Grey Cup fourth oh. matchup of the season, and the Riders will win Getting the game. Chest pains already. Riders are winning the Grey Cup. I've said it here. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are winning the 2022 Grey Cup, and all the fire Dickie. What's O'Day? Did he go on a vacation? Craig Reynolds needs to be gone, all of that will go away. In fact, that's the only way all of this goes away. The only way all of this goes away is if the Riders win. Because you know Rider fans, we have guys puking and crapping at the same time and people are like, oh, it's just an excuse. More excuses from this team. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, dude, drinking your beer on the couch. I want a 30 for 30 made if the Riders win the Great Cup. I want, you know, one of those shows... And I want this season to be remembered as the flu season or something along those lines because everything's just been sick and nasty this year. Injuries, suspensions, everything's just been sick and nauseating. And if we were to win the Great Cup... Wouldn't oh, it be known? I just got this from our good friend Ryan Pollock, who is the general manager at the Royal Regina What's Golf, he got? Golf Club. Oh, Ryan's a great dude. Ryan's just a good dude in yeah. life, but he's been in the CFL for a number of years. Here's what he said, and I quote as he texts me, they changed the rule a couple of years ago when BC crossed over and played in the East Final. If you host the Grey Cup and you're in it, 
Like, you cross over, you get the home locker room, regardless of what division you go through. Yes. That's great. Ryan's a beautiful absolutely, man. Absolutely, because I don't want to celebrate in the visitor locker room. I want champagne and wine are going to be flowing. We're going to be smoking cigars. And we're, listen, we remember what you did to us. When we were sick, we were sick. And you still threw a touchdown pass in the end zone to run the score up. We we're, had the runs. We had it all happening to yeah, us. Yeah, we had the runs and you ran the score up on us, and we're coming for you. We are coming for you. You Listen, that is not that far off the rocker. It isn't. This isn't like we're beating the 16-2 and two, uh, Edmonton Eskimos back then. We don't got to wait long for us. Uh, I mean, September 30th? Yeah, September well, I 30th. I don't care about that game. Uh, you know what I want us? I, I want, do. No, no. You know what I want? I want us to play hard that game. I want us to be right in it, and I want us to lose in heartbreaking fashion. Oh, you so want when, to. Oh. So that when we win the only game of the year, it's in the Grey Cup. Folks, I am painting with my green and white goggles a green and white finish. What do you think? 936-6262. The Riders in their new stadium. <sighs> Character. It's never been done before. Until this year. We'll take a break and be back with more on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Yeah, back to Pollock. I like that guy. He's just a good dude, knows hockey, knows football, knows golf, doing a good job running the Royal Regina Golf Course out there. They had their Ryder Alumni Tournament out there. Um, always like dealing with him in terms of media and setting us up. So I uh, like the, the people now, but I'm just saying, good guy. And he's always good for a little nugget like that. So when the Riders win the East, they will be in their own locker room. Are you laughing at that? Are you laughing at that? You're laughing at me. I'm, I am doing housekeeping duties behind here, and uh, I'm not laughing. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. We got texts on the text yeah, okay. line. Let, 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 Capital Four Lincoln sponsors it. Are people with me, or are they, am, I, am I out to lunch? Uh, this texter says, Ballsy, you are a sick man if you think the puke riders are going to make the Grey Cup. We cannot call we cannot call them the puke riders on this program. I didn't say they're making the Grey Cup. I said they're winning the Grey Cup. Do you cup. like how I said program there? Yeah. Program? Program. Uh, we got Pat on the text line. says, I agree, Michael. I believe every dog has his day too. And the Bombers will get theirs. They will. Uh, Carmel will come around and they will get theirs. That's what Pat says. They are not winning a Grey Cup in our stadium. No, I will not, not stand for that. One thing, they win a West Final when the goalpost helped you. Hey, it looks it like is... we, we got a call. Do you want uh, to take Okay, yeah. See, you, you can see if it's an actual legitimate call okay. here. Okay, well, I don't want to take it live. Um, um, I'll just uh, give some updates from Ryder practice. Taron Vaughn is not playing because first he had the shoulder problem, then he had a hamstring problem, then he had a tooth problem, now his wife's having a child, so he's gone. Anthony Lynette, Anthony Lanier the second still out with his head injury. Uh, Furland's back seized up. Clark is practicing. Duke wasn't practicing. Who knows what's going on there? I will say this: Coach comes on here yesterday and he says we missed Garrett Marino. I mean, it was the right move, but we missed him. He's a good player. All the players who I talked to on and off the record, we heard it on the broadcast, he's our brother. We miss him. He's a great player. We're not a better team without him. So if that's the case, and you're, one of your stud D uh, linemen, interior guys, Lanier II is out, why would you pick then to get rid of him? Because he never cost the riders the game. 
Duke Williams is one of the guys that cost the Riders the game, not Garrett Marino. I just wish we could stop talking about it. Well, I'm it. sorry. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, I'll stop talking about it. Oh, man. I don't want you crying. Let's go to Lynette in Saskatoon. Yeah. Go ahead, Lynette. Um, hi. Oh, just lovely to be on this show. Um, I am just going to make a little comment about Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he wants to be friends with all the Ryder players, quite honestly. I don't think he wants to be a father figure or a coach figure. I think he wants to be their friend. You mean, you, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't mean Chris Jones. You mean Craig Dickinson is what you mean. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Jeez, what's wrong with me today? I'd be okay, I'd be okay, I'd be okay with Chris Jones being our friend. Yeah, me then, too. Because yeah, then he'd just <laughs> let us win. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, some guys... How can I put this? I don't know that Craig has it in him to be a mean guy. Like, Craig can get fired yeah. up and get mad. Craig, you are who you are. Craig is a decent guy. Here's the thing about special teams coaches that you need to know. Special teams coaches bring everybody together. So offensive guys, defensive guys, backups, and get them to buy in to do something that's very violent and physical and dangerous. Special teams, they have to get them to buy in. That's why I can't believe more special teams guys like a Mark Killam like a Mike O'Shea uh, they're not head you know head coaches Mike O'Shea's a head coach Bob Dice never gets mentioned as a head coach uh, and I wonder if it has something to do with his birth certificate same with Mark Killam but back to what I was saying you get them to buy in and you become one of those guys like you're kind of one of those buddy buddies you're in the trenches that's what you, I'm saying okay yeah. but, but 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 coach coach just he doesn't have that where Mike O'Shea I heard he's a player coach too in terms of he can joke around with the guys but when he drops the hammer you know he drops the hammer that's not in Craig's way and I think Craig I don't know that Craig has a guy no disrespect to the coaches on the staff but I don't know that he has a guy that can be the bad cop on his staff and drop the hammer because Craig isn't the kind of guy to drop the hammer he's just not so I think that's kind of what what you're alluding to it doesn't mean yeah. that it's bad it doesn't mean that Craig should be fired I don't I think he's a decent guy like quite honestly I like him I don't think Craig Dickinson has lost the room Lynette the, think of the sickest you've ever been with the flu, okay? Think right. about that for a minute, right. okay? I've been in a right. bathroom where things are flying around without getting too descriptive, okay? And all yeah. I did was go back to bed with soda crackers and Gatorade. At least 10 guys in that game played. Oh, I know. They played, and they played hard till the end. They lost. They got beat bad. But throw that game out. This team is still playing hard for Craig Dickinson. So I don't think he's lost the room. I think if things don't go his way this year uh it'll be interesting to see uh who's the sacrificial lamb because i think somebody's got to right. be in a great cup year i'm right. not calling for anybody to get fired i don't want to see anybody get Me fired neither. but no. but but uh, it'll be very interesting to see um i i i think craig's a good head coach he took over this team late when the aforementioned chris jones pulled the shoot and went to cleveland and there's another thing. I'm sorry, but Chris Jones is overrated. He's given up three 50-plus point games this year. And yes, he turned the riders around. But he turned the riders around before the coaching cap. He, bring, he brought all those guys in. They had money. It was flowing like wine. And, 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 and you know, all the Bradenton camps. And they were bringing guys in, 20, 30 guys after every practice, just like the NFL guys do, bringing them in and having mini camps to see who they could pick up. And, yeah, 
like I'll take an AC Leonard and I'll take uh, I'll take a Derek Moncrief and I'll take those guys. That's what he did. But now he can't do that because there's a cap and we're starting to see it. And the only championship he ever won was with Mike Riley. So let's bring him in here. Let's kick his ass, right. send him home, and he's out of the playoffs and out of our lives. And uh, yeah, so I I don't know how are you feeling about your team? Am I way off my rocker? Like I think the Riders are going to win the East. I love the Riders, and you know, I think after the last game, like like you were saying, when they were sick, they still gave everything. They still gave everything to the to the team, to on the field. They did the unbelievable, and I give them two thumbs up for that. Thanks, Lynette. We got to go. We appreciate it. Thanks for the positivity. Any, Take care. any tickets for the Edmonton uh, game? Well, what you do, Lynette, is tomorrow you keep listening, okay? And and we're gonna okay. give away we're gonna give away another chance to pick the score, and that'll be your chance to get tickets, okay? Thank you. Thanks for listening. People just don't want to call the talk. They got to win something. Is that what we've come to? I got to grease the skin. Right, right at the end. Do you have something for okay, me? Okay, so I'll, yeah, I'll call you ballsy, but uh, you're gonna have to bribe me. Anyway, when we come back, we'll hear from Arash Madani. We'll get to Jorgen Hughes too. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Paul, before I get to some of the topics we were going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Really? You're a head coach in the NFL. You've spent millions of dollars bringing the guy in to win you the game, and you kick a 64-yard field goal? What NFL stands for not for long if you keep making decisions like that? That was ridiculous. You know, Balzi, I, I try to sometimes look through the lens of the devil's advocate, especially with, with coaching decisions. And you're saying to yourself, okay, well, you have confidence in your kicker, and he's a better kicker on the road than he is at home, which is bizarre because of the you know the thin air in, in Denver. I, and I'm just at a loss. I'm at a loss because... You mismanage the clock. You mismanage your timeouts. You mismanage your red zone. You mismanage your play calling at the one-yard line twice on the road. Your, your, your offense is in a rush with the play clock winding down after you've already fumbled once at the goal line. You don't call a timeout the second time. And then, and then you have Russell Wilson on the field who's so dynamic they had no answer for Judy. They had no answer for Sutton. And instead, you let the clock wind down. What were you saving your timeouts for? And you attempt a 64-yard field goal. Yeah, ridiculous. There's no devil's advocate on this one. No, it's just plain stupid. Anyway, uh, let's get to something that's good. Bo Bichette was struggling, and now he's not. He's the player of the week because he... Hit 500 with what, like five homers and a million doubles and everything. And then just last, yeah. then last night he's like, you know what? I think I'll win this game on my own with an eighth inning home run. Bottom of the eighth home run with the team down a run, and Jason Adam, his old teammate from 2019, he's been unhittable for Tampa. And what does Bo do? Bo does both things. I, I thought it was really interesting the other day. We were talking to John Schneider. And John was Bo, you know, he's coached and managed Bo all the way up from the time when Bo was a teenager in Dunedin and high A in double A in New Hampshire, then coached him in the big leagues and, and now 
managing him in the big leagues. And Ballsy, he says Bichette is more locked in now than he can ever remember. Wow. Now think about that. Bichette on his way up was demolishing single and double A. And look at the run that this kid is on right now. And so much has changed. He goes to the plate now with an aggressive mindset. He has all but eliminated the leg kick with two strikes. And more than that, though, he's so confident with two strikes. And when you're confident with two strikes, Balti, it almost feels like you've unlocked something. You're not afraid to get to, to a count that's, you know, 0-2 or something like that because you just want to go out up there and do damage. So when you think about, you know, confidence, when you think about the elimination of a late kick, when you think about being locked in, and when you think about that aggressiveness, you put it all together, and this guy continues to dominate and deliver in the biggest moments of them all. Yeah, it's unreal. Now, there's no straight line to success, especially in the game of baseball. We'll get into the the, the bigger picture. The game of failure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll get into the bigger picture of the Blue Jays. Bichette was, uh, I wouldn't call him hot garbage, but he definitely was uh, underperforming, and now he's on fire. But now that he's on fire, it kind of turns our attention to Vladdy Guerrero Jr., doesn't it? And what maybe he's not doing. Well, I'll tell you what, I thought one thing that Bo told me the other day was really interesting, and this is this is where kind of I'm wondering about Vlad. I asked I asked Bo, I said, when your confidence is riding high with all this all this success, what does that do for you? I think this is a great answer for a lot of athletes out there. It doesn't matter what age you are. He said, I'm able now to go to the plate and just stay in the moment. I'm like, Well, what does that mean? He said, I barely have any negative thoughts at all at the plate right now. It's just that his head is clear and he feels free, which brings us to Vlad. I'm not sure where Vlad is right now because it feels like and it looks like he's just trying a whole bunch of different things to see what's going to stick. And, you know, Schneider feels that that Vlad is close, um, that the swing is about to be unlocked, and Vlad was telling – my colleague Hazel May, the exact same thing yesterday, that he's you know trying to go up the middle a little more and all that kind of stuff. But until the confidence returns, then that freeing feeling isn't going to be there. And when it's not, it's almost like that hockey expression of gripping the stick a little too tight. That's almost that, that almost is the sense of what's going on with Guerrero right now. Uh, it, I mean, I'm not a baseball expert. You know it more than me. It's the Dodgers championship to lose. If the Dodgers want to win it, they'll win it. That's how I feel. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they're, they have the best pitching staff in baseball, probably the best lineup in baseball, but right up there. And, you know, home field's going to go through Chavez Ravine. They've won a championship before. There's championship pedigree in that clubhouse. And I guess Atlanta's in the conversation to knock them off in a best of seven, but I don't know who else in the National League in a best of seven is good enough to beat them, even your Padres. Yeah, will my Padres even make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they will. Uh, There's enough baseball here. There's enough runway here, but I hear you. Yeah, it's uh, one and a half games as we speak today. All right, so, uh, you know, we talk about uh, it's the Dodgers championship to lose. It feels like it's the Bombers' championship to lose in the CFL, although I will say they are a beatable football team. Take that game that you saw at 
IG field and throw it out the window. I was there. I was on the plane. I was all around people puking in bags. The Rough Riders were not the Rough Riders, so I'm not putting absolutely any stock into that game. But they put the Rough in Riders. Is that yeah, what yeah. But I'm but I'm closer to it than you. So sometimes, as my buddy Perry Naya said, you got to back up the camera. So you are you are outside of the situation. What does it look like from the outside when you're looking at Rider Nation? Let's let's really pull the curtain back a while here, Balsy. Let's go back almost a decade, right? It's effectively, this is a Grey Cup hosting year. 2013 was a Grey Cup hosting year. We're effectively looking at a 10-year window here, nine-year window, whatever you want to call it. So they went at home. It was glorious. It was wonderful. It was incredible. It was historic. We all know that. And then two years later, when I believe the team was 0-9, the decision was made to fire the head coach and the GM at the time. And the comment made by the president, who still remains in that chair, is that we need to have sustained success here. That's a benchmark, sustained success. Now, Michael, I ask you, since that move was made seven Septembers ago, how many Grey Cups have the Riders not won, just been to? Well, they haven't been The answer is They haven't been to any. They haven't been to any. They, they, now, now, we can't be uh, playing devil's advocate. We can't be a prisoner of the moment. This football team, uh, Dickinson took it over late when Chris Jones, who makes his first return since uh, bolting for Cleveland uh, here this week uh, weekend, uh, uh, Craig Dickinson takes that team over late. Uh, they go mm-hmm. they go on a nice run, and if not for a banged-up quarterback and a crossbar, they're probably, well, they are in the Grey Cup and winning, and we're not talking about a bomber dynasty. The next year, they have 18 guys on the IR, and they almost beat the Bombers in Winnipeg. I know, uh, you know, close only counts. If hand, hands and hand butts grenades. for candies yeah. and nuts, what a Merry right. Christmas right. it would be. Right, right, right. So, but I don't, like, so what are what is a sustainable, uh, successful team? Because the Calgary Stampeders aren't winning championships left and right and we're we're saying they're a benchmark team well i'll tell you this i'll tell you this so i go back to 2013 you win the great cup at home Mm -hmm. the 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 brand could not be at a higher stature and tickets are flying off the shelves how many games are being sold out per season now in a brand new stadium yeah this is a team, like just, you know what Parcells always say, you are what your record says you are. They're a team below 500, a team that at home has a losing record. And in a nine-team league, only Montreal and BC in this span have not been to a Grey Cup. Everybody else has. Ottawa's one and been to another. Toronto has one. Hamilton has been to a couple. You know, on and on we can go. Winnipeg's won a couple. Calgary's one and been to another, um, et cetera, et cetera. Edmonton has won one. And Sask hasn't sniffed it. And having said all that, Arash, having said all that, I I'm very, I'm very, hey, listen, listen, call like you take the last game out, take this last game out away, throw it in the trash. Don't sure. come. Okay. The game before 
And I hate to sound like an apologist, but I'm just saying it the way I see it. The Rough Riders lost that game. The Blue Bombers did not win the Labor Day Classic. The Rough Riders gave it away. If they can tighten up, I will take their chances every day of the week and twice on Sunday through that pathetic Eastern Division. Yeah, and and I understand where you're coming from with that, and it's hard to disagree with that. But you have effectively tied your franchise to Cody Fajardo for how long now? Mm-hmm. And in your heart of hearts, does anybody really believe that's a quarterback that's going to lead you to a championship? I guess we'll find out. But, I mean, the, the, the question mark is there. But you said something that I think ties into the last point I want to get to. 2013, the Riders win a championship. And in 2014, I think we can both agree they're a pretty good bet to repeat or have a good chance of repeating when Darian Durant is taken out by a Brian Turner hit after a whistle that wasn't even a play. Then the next, yep. then the next year he comes back and he blows his Achilles in the first half, I believe against Winnipeg again, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, that's the start of his downward spiral and henceforth the team's downward spiral. I look at the BC Lions, who I had predicted over a month or so ago would win the West and play the Riders in a crossover Grey Cup. Uh, now they could be in the same boat as the 2014 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And what might hurt them, Arash, is, uh, you know, I think the Riders and BC would be better served going through the East in a crossover, but the Lions beat the Riders in a head-to-head matchup, so I think that's the first tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, what do you see with the Lions, who coming into this game are six-point underdogs against Calgary? Well, I really like Calgary this week. And quite honestly, Ballsy, if I'm looking at the BC Lions right now, I'm setting their total wins for the rest of the year. I mean, what do you set the over-under on? One? Yeah. Yeah, maybe two, but one. Yeah, one. Yeah. Like, I, I see nine and nine, and I see the Riders nine and nine. And this is... Look, I understand the move for Vernon Adams. You have to make it. This was a good football team, and they're winning a bunch of games, and you owe it to your locker room, you owe it to your franchise, you owe it to your fan base, especially when they're... There's finally some momentum for pro football in Vancouver. You owe it to them to do it. I just don't think it's I don't think it's gonna work. I mean look, if Vernon Adams had it in a not not in a league where quarterbacks are hard to come by, in a in an institution, in professional sports, it is so hard. Professional football anywhere, it is so difficult to have a quality quarterback. If Vernon Adams was the truth, Montreal is not A, benching him, B, trading him. So I I just don't buy it. I think it's going to take a while for Vernon to go in there and really get a grasp of the offense. You're not going to do it in two weeks. And how long has Calgary's guy been in the mix there? Three years in that offense? Knows the terminology? Obviously knows how to run it based on his success right now. I like Calgary a lot this week. They're only six-point favorites. And I think BC's a major trouble right now which to me makes this effectively a two-horse race i know the crossovers in play but a two-horse race to legitimately win a championship 
Yeah. And, and I think that's between Calgary and Winnipeg. And I think it's interesting because I think you mentioned Vernon Adams and you mentioned Cody Fajardo. Those are two guys that are fighting to prove they can still be big money starting quarterbacks. This is kind of like Custard's last stand for both of those guys. Especially, I would suggest especially VA who's bounced all over the place uh, as a as a, a quote-unquote potential starting quarterback. Hey, Arash, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Always good, Ballsy. Thanks, pal. If you missed any of the show, check it out in podcast form brought to you by spreads.ca. We've had a loaded show as always. We'll get to Jordan Hughes in a second. Russell Wilson got booed yesterday in that game going back to Seattle. I I mean, he wasn't exactly like Ken Austin Zinger because Ken Austin, uh, like Seattle's had bad football, bad lots of sports, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had a little bit of a stretch there with Johnson, Randy Johnson and A-Rod. The Supersonics left town. I guess they did win a championship, but the Seattle Seahawks were a crappy team for the most part. Yeah, they were. They had a couple of good years. Matt Hasselbeck. With the running back, Kurt Warner, back in the day, and Chuck Knox is the coach, and you have Matt Hassel back then, and they had Sean Dave, Alexander. Dave Craig back in the day with Steve Largent. But for the most part, they were crappy. This crappy. guy comes, and he resurrects your team, gets you to a Super Bowl, you win it. Probably should have won the next Super Bowl, if not for stupid coaching decision to throw it instead of run it. And you boo the guy. It's kind of like Ken Austin. I've been here for a lot of bad Rough Rider football. Ken Austin comes. He turns things around. Part of the turnaround with Burgess. 88 a better year. 89 we win it. Some good years in the early 90s. Then he wants to leave. Goes away. Then comes back as our head coach and we accept him back here in 2007. I found that's pretty classless to boo the guy. Well, I mean, Ron Lancaster was booed. Oh, I know, but I'm like, just... Like, that's just... I know, I'm just I saying, know, like, Russell Wilson was Ken Austin. He came there yep. and helped you turn around a morbid franchise to make it the cool thing, and Ken Austin was kind of like that in the late 80s, early 90s. Don't boo Russell Wilson. Maybe yeah, they, don't boo m- Russell Maybe they Wilson. saw what he entered the stadium in last night and were like, okay, oh, we're gonna a, boo this guy. Was like, that a suit? That I'll is t- stupid. I'll tell you... Everybody look at me. Like, I will tell you, though, he's, he looks like a model and so does our next guest Jorgen Hughes how are you Jorgen hey I'm doing good Ballsy how are you doing every dinner I did with this guy you're married now right or you got a fiance you married uh, yeah married yeah. yeah married before that though Zinger the ladies would just line up for oh. autographs never seen a long snapper give so many <laughs> interviews man yeah <laughs> unbelievable that guy was just had the ladies at his feet now he's a married man and loving it hey did your quarterback have the baby or what uh, you know what? I haven't talked to him yet. I was thinking about just sending him out a text and just wishing all, you know, the best and hopefully everyone's healthy and doing well. So, um, but no, I have no updates on that. Uh, How happy are you if he had the kid that he's having it on a Tuesday and not Friday right before the kickoff when you guys need to win this game? Uh, yeah, no, the timing would definitely be good there. That would help us out for sure. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, uh, did you get sick? I did not. No, it was weird. It was. I've never seen anything like that before. Like not even in sports, um, just like in general. Like it was, it was insane. Like we left Regina, everybody feeling good for the most part. When we get in by seven o'clock, nine o'clock, um, people are throwing up multiple times, like five, ten times. Um, obviously on game day as well. Um, IVs hooked up to guys. Uh, you know, people look like just zombies. Like it, it was crazy. I was Did, surprised we could even take the field, to be honest. Yeah, I was surprised you took the field. Were you surprised you took the field given everything we went through with COVID? Uh, well, it's a business, you know. I mean, they want to. They wanted the CFL wants to get the games played, so um, that that part didn't really surprise me. Um, especially after the whole COVID thing. I mean, we we made it work. So 
Um, yeah, but, 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 was... but Jorgen, integrity of the game in terms of the product on the field and integrity of the game in terms of player safety, like that's kind of when you got your offensive line hooked up to IV and then they got to go against Jeff Code Jefferson and the like, come on. Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think we should have, and it wasn't a fair advantage. I mean, it was, we were, we were as flat as could be. I mean, everybody was sick. So, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't fair, but, um, you know, I wasn't surprised by the CFL's decision to make us go. Um, you know, I, not, I don't get too involved with that stuff, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you're, in the, you're a competitive guy. You hate losing. How'd you like, uh, O'Shea throwing the touchdown at the end? Guys notice that? Are they thinking about that maybe the next time around? Yeah, we definitely noted that um, in the locker room at the end of the game. Um, we're definitely going to remember that. So, um, you know, they wanted to run it up. So, we'll uh, hopefully that motivates us next time we play them, and um, we'll definitely remember that 100%. So you threw that. Take I say take that game away. That means nothing. It's a bunch of that. Take that. That never happened. I, I'm going by what I last saw. You guys should have won the Labor Day Classic. Kind of gave it away. But this is a must win here. What's the approach? What's the feeling like going into this game against Edmonton? Uh, I think just, you know, total, you know, we just got to reset, uh, refocus. There's lots of energy in practice today. Um, you know, I, I really like our crew. Um, I like our guys. In my time here, this is probably the best group of quality guys we got. So, you know, with all the adversity that we've had this year, you know, with, uh, you know, the COVID thing earlier and the Marino stuff and whatever else, you know, the flu, you know, a lot of teams that would, that would cripple them. And, and I think we got the, the quality guys here to to make a good run and whether that's um you know crossing over or whatever the case may be i still like our chances and you know we almost beat winnipeg we, we should have beat them um so you know if, who knows what's going to happen but uh I, I really like our chances we're short on time here i want to get you uh give me a comment on football weekend in saskatchewan you're a saskatoon guy played for the rams plays for the riders you'd be best to speak about this just talk about a wonderful uh exhibit of football this is going to be with those three games and what playing amateur football meant to you in this province yeah it's it's been everything um you know i, I went through the uh, you know homegrown obviously from saskatoon mm-hmm. went up through the system uh, high school played junior then college um with the you know hilltops and rams so i played it all um huge fan of just you know football in saskatchewan don't care what kind of jersey you have on whether it's you know thunder hilltops rams huskies you know um, I, uh, I like supporting and showing my support for all those teams. And, um, you know, we've got, um, we've got great programs here in this province and, uh, you see all the junior guys that make it to the pros. It just, uh, kind of reflects on those coaches that, uh, all the way down to the grassroots level. So, um, yeah, we, we got a really good thing here. Jorgen, thanks for your time, man. We'll catch up with you this week at practice. Best of luck Friday. Okay. You bet. Appreciate that. Anytime. Appreciate it. Jorgen Hughes, former Minor football player, Saskatoon, Hilltops, Rams, Riders. Great guy. Um, Football weekend in Saskatchewan. Get your tickets by going to Riderville.com. We're done here now. We heard this guy earlier in the show. On the other side of the break, Dante DeCaria joins us live from Estevan. It's a sold-out joint there at Affinity Place. It's the Pats. It's the Broncos. It's a preseason game. Connor Bedard, everybody's there to see the next one. And you can listen to it right here on 620 CKRM. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Join Sports Cages Michael Ball for CAA Travel's Ultimate Sports Trip December 5th to 12th. 
Leaving from Regina and Saskatoon, this trip includes a seven-night stay in Huntington Beach and tickets to two Anaheim Ducks NHL home games and two NFL games, the Raiders versus the Rams and the Dolphins versus the Chargers, plus a daily breakfast and transportation to and from the games, all for just $24.99 per person. Taxes included based on double occupancy. Drop by or call your local CAA travel agency to book the ultimate sports trip.